0: Well, I know we're laughing and and we should be um, rejoicing. We're going to be cautious and careful, but we're not going to stop worshiping our God. (laughs) I don't know whether we have 250 people here or not, uh, but who's counting? Uh, Maybe the governor. Uh, If things get worse, we'll have announcements for you with regard service, but right now we're going to uh, have Sunday meetings. I'll let you know during the week, though, um, and I have some things to say this morning to you um, with regard to taking precautions, and we, we really should, and my little joking around didn't mean that we should not. We should take this very, very serious. I did take note that the casinos are full and so are the bars, so, some people, uh, some people aren't taking it real serious, but we're here because we have a God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And I would say on a more serious note, um, you're going to die and so am I. But it may not be by the virus. We have an appointment to meet. You see, the scripture says this. It is appointed unto man once to die. And after that, the judgment. Uh, Just make sure you're all right for that appointment. Amen. 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 And how much better it will be for the Christian to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm not in a panic mode. I'm in a trust God mode. And we're going to learn some great things about ourselves here. Uh, and about our country. I um, admire our president for calling this to be a day of prayer. You see which way he's looking. That's a good thing. Amen. Um, and he's looking to God. And you know, God in the New Testament... Uh, he made a rooster crow right on time. He made this large fish swallow this preacher guy who is not doing what the Lord told him to do. He made frogs invade Egypt. You think about how much he's in control of and how much work he does every day. And though this virus is most serious to us, with God it's a very little thing. He can stop it quickly. And and I pray I pray that he does. And by the way, we here in America seem so ignorant of history. If we would go back and and uh, read uh, in history, and I'll talk about that a little bit today, these things are not new. It's I've never had uh, this happen in uh, my seventy five years of ministry uh, or in this world. It is quite unusual uh, to, to think about a worldwide flu epidemic or virus epidemic. It is unusual. Um,
1: anyway, I'll talk more about that as, as we go along. We are going to jump around a little bit this morning on Scripture. We're going to start with 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear but a power and of love and of sound mind. Amen. The next one, Psalm 4, verse 8. I will both lie down in peace and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. The next, 1 Peter 5, verses 6 and 7. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Amen. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Isaiah forty one ten. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah twenty six three. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast, because they trust in you. Amen. And the final one is John fourteen. Verse 1, this was Jesus talking to his disciples. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, so many times you have blessed us with your miracles and joy, with happiness and with cheer. But there are also times, O Lord, that we have to weather the storms and the perils that life brings us as is now with the fear in our world's hearts. Please give all of us the strength and the courage to trust in you. Give us the comfort to know that you hold us in the palm of your hand, and you will keep us safe and you will smoothen our path. Amen. I have uh, done my
0: best to uh, research the COVID-19 virus. See what I can find out from both chiropractic and from uh, the medical side of things. Talk, I mean, in talking to doctors so I can advise you. It's obvious to me that nobody has a, a really a clear answer. There's no antibiotic. There's no pill you can take. There's, but there are some things that you can do, and I want to encourage you uh, to do those things. Uh, Do your best to stay healthy. I would say get outside and exercise and take a walk. uh, Breathe the fresh air uh, to do that. Uh, Avoid close contact with people who are sick. I called my niece who's a doctor in Virginia and it's one of the things she said, stay away from people who certainly have signs that they have the virus and uh, Stay home when you're sick. People were asking me, uh, should I go to church? Uh, Should I come to church tomorrow? Well, are you sick? If you're sick, stay home. Uh, If you're not sick, why wouldn't you? Because I got a feeling tomorrow you're going to get up and do whatever you've been doing, feeling well. Somebody said they dismissed uh, Michigan State University. Uh, but somebody said, I was in a bar up there, it was jam packed. Uh, it's amazing how people want to get out of attending church. To me, it's kind of uh, says to me, kind of, there must be a secret cure in being together in God's house. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. I can assure you this as long as I can get in this pulpit, and I'm not going to give you anything uh, with regard to a virus. Um, I'm, I'm going to be here, so just count next Sunday, even if, we, even if we are bound by the law to do something different, I'll be here preaching, uh, and it'll be televised or on the computer where you can watch uh, if, if need be. Cover your cough, sneeze with a tissue, throw the tissue away. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects and surfaces using a regular household cleaning spray or wipe. Wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands, and wash your hands. I hope you'll do that. All right. Say, well, Pastor, I already knew that. Well, good. Do it. Practice it. Do it. Mark read to us scriptures where God clearly tells us that we're not to live in fear. I I personally am not going to live in fear. This virus is not going to lock me up or shut me down. My God that said, let there be light in the beginning, is still God. And he's in control. Well, somebody said, Pastor, what if you get it and die? Absent from the body, present with the Lord. You see... I'm not a loser. Now, I don't believe in fatalism, what is to be, will be, whether it ever happens or not. I am a predestinarian. I make no apology for that. I believe God's in control, that He has not dropped the reins to this universe, and He controls this virus. He really does. And... Uh, As I said earlier, I know I have an appointed time to go. And by the way, all you kids, 30-year-olds, 35, 40, you're the kids I'm talking to. They tell us, 75-year-old guys, you're the most vulnerable. I'm not going to walk around at 75 thinking I'm about to die any moment. I'm not. And uh, when I come to church, I'm going to smile. We're going to praise God here. And more than likely, somebody in here is going to get this virus. More than likely, somebody's going to get it. It doesn't mean you have to die, it doesn't mean that at all. I, um, so, I've been studying all week, thinking about what to tell you, how to calm you, how to assure you. So, just for a moment or two, I want to um, say to you in in 1665, uh, there was a great plague in London. And Puritan pastors, during that plague, stayed behind when people were leaving the city uh, to care for the sick and dying. That's what I plan to do if that should come our way. I'm going to be the last to leave the ship. And one way or the other, we're going to win. (laughs) Charles Haddon Spurgeon, my pastor, as many of you know, um, who lived during the 1800s, often in his sermon would tell how he loved to read how the Puritan pastors stayed behind to care for their people. He himself was faced with a similar outbreak of cholera in 1854. You can read about that outbreak. It was horrible. He was um, approximately 18, 19 years old. He had just recently been called to pastor the New Park Street Church. And he did some things that I will do likewise. He gave up his preaching appointments in villages roundabout places feeling it was his duty to remain in London to visit the sick and dying the first thing that I thought to myself that I will do is I will prioritize this local ministry I mean I'm here for you there is a healing power in church community In being, it's good for you to be here today if you're not sick It's good for you to be here today, for all of us to be together in this place. I don't think I have seen people more fearful. I, frankly, am more concerned about the panic factor than I am the virus. It's just insane. You look in your grocery stores, you can't find a roll of toilet paper. I said to these doctors, uh, and you'll scream excuse me for being crude, but I said to my doctor friends, uh, is this virus going to cause, you know, diarrhea and throw up? They go, no. I said, well, why is everybody buying toilet paper? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but if I were you, that wouldn't be the first thing I would go out and buy is toilet paper. But it seems like everybody's doing that. The shelves at grocery stores are are empty. I guarantee you, uh, for as long as we have food, and we have a lot of food. Now, you, if, if, if there is a state where food is rationed, uh, we have, I think, around five, six hundred turkeys. You may, you may get tired of turkey, <laughs> but great protein, great protein. Um, You'll be surprised when you're hungry what you'll eat. Those hot dogs won't taste so bad. You know what I mean? Uh, We're going to, um, you know, people are panicking. So that's why I put online that we're going to have church today. And as far as I know, we'll have church next Sunday. Unless there's just something that uh, in the providence of God, we're stopped. But we'll communicate to you. All of you, most of you are on Facebook or uh, have a computer and we'll we'll let the word get out. But when we come into this place, we'll do things uh, as usual. We'll have announcements. We'll tell what God God has uh, done. But my priority is right here with you. I, I want to be with you when there's an outbreak. I want us to be together and assuring each other of our love. By the way, You'd be surprised how much soap we have. Those of you who uh, can't find soap, we could probably help with soap. You know what I mean? I did hear that the alcohol wipes are not the best to use because they kill the good germs that fight the bad germs. Um, some of you more learned could talk about that. But I use good old fashioned soap and, you know, 20 seconds, maybe a little more than that. I sing Old MacDonald Had a Farm while I wash my hands. I'm so sick of that. I mean, Old MacDonald Had a Farm. You know, you don't have to be as serious as you look this morning about this. It's all right for you to be happy, but be, be cautious. Wash your hands. I wouldn't encourage you to visit the sick unless you're a deacon and you're going with me. Uh, but uh, if, if any of you get sick and you're scared out of your mind and want us to come and have prayer with you, we're going to do that. I'm going to do, I am not going to stop being what God has called me to be, nor being what I should be to you. And Spurgeon did just that. He made his church. They kept right on having services during the cholera outbreak. Uh, they took the Lord's Supper. They had bed that they kept on doing what the church is supposed to do. And by the way, what an opportunity for you, like never before, to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, one thing that the death angel does, he brings people to a point where they're not real sure about things. And they, they seemingly want to hear the gospel a little more. So it's a good time to talk to people. When people are on their back and cannot save themselves and uh, are looking to God to do what only he can do. Uh, The second thing Spurgeon did was he adjusted as needed but continued meeting if at all possible. So they had their midweek service and their Sunday service and their Sunday night service. In the midst of a cholera outbreak that was killing thousands of, of people. They visited the sick. You know, uh, <clears throat> if you need us, we're going to be there, praying for you. Another thing for you to be open to, and who knows? Maybe God's going to send a great awakening, a great revival through this. These are these are truly unusual times, aren't they? You've never lived in a time like this. No, none of us have. Um, the evangelistic opportunities you're going to have. Your mom and dad may listen to you. What stories you have to tell of God's amazing grace. Maybe they didn't listen to you again, but if you have a 75-year-old parent who suddenly has a fever and is coughing and his, or her breathing is laborious, be a good time to talk Christ in eternity. For certain, people are going to die. People have died. We know that. We see that on the news. And I hear, I hear panic in the newscaster voices. Uh, like, what are we going to do? What, what, what are we going to do? I'm going to do what I have always done since being converted. I'm going to trust my God. When things are out of control, we know who's in control. We truly do. Say, well, Pastor, it might be different if, if you know, if one of your children are dying. or I, I'm sure, and, and this was interesting to me. Mr. Spurgeon wrote this about the cholera outbreak. As Spurgeon gave himself to this pastoral work, He soon found himself physically and mentally exhausted. Not only that, but he began to fear for his own safety. I'm not saying that can't happen with me. I don't want it to happen. Yet, amid his fears, he learned to entrust himself to God and to his faithfulness. That would be a great lesson to learn. Can you trust God or not? Well, we'll find out if you get sick. (laughs) Here's what Spurgeon said. At first I gave myself up with youthful adore to the visitation of the sick and was sent from all corners of the district by persons of all ranks and religions. But soon I became weary in body and sick at heart. My friends seemed falling one by one. And I felt or fancied that I was sickening like those around me. A little more work and weeping would have laid me low amid the rest. I felt that my burden was heavier than I could bear. And I was ready to sink under it. I was returning mournfully home from a funeral When, as God would have it, my curiosity led me to read a paper which was waffled up in a shoemaker's window in the Great great Dover Road. It did not look like a trade announcement, nor was it, for it bore in good bold handwritings these words because thou hast made the Lord which is my refuge even the most high thy habitation there shall no evil befall thee neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling he said I feel like God sent that to me might be a good time for God to speak to you in unusual ways and grow your faith and and trust in Him. Again, I say to you, you need to be facing this. And we all need to come to this realization. I don't know what, I don't know what God is doing, but it seems like He's doing something mighty big. God, God seems to be up to something. You look at what's happening in our country and how God has given us a president who seems to be calling us back to those things that are very, very important to us. The things that we, you know, I wish people were as afraid of killing babies as they are of this virus. Something to think about, isn't it? You know, not as many people have died as yet from this virus as we have killed aborted children. need to think about that a little bit. And why why wouldn't God send some kind of judgment? Or even not judgment, maybe just to get our attention. To be on our knees more. To be calling on Him more. To be trusting Him more. To be believing Him more. To take this business of praising Him and giving thanks to Him for His goodness. How much we take for granted. I see those empty shelves in the grocery store and think, oh, I've never seen that exactly before. You can't even go to Sam's. You, can't, you know, you can't go to these big places. They're just not there. By the way, I heard you can buy toilet paper up here at this gas station on the corner. Don't make a run on it though after church, will you? <clears throat> I want to encourage you to do this today. Entrust your life to God. Stop panicking. Trust God. Just, just give it over. You know, Monday will be a great day if you'll just do this. It's in your hands, Lord. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to read to you uh, Martin Luther's pastoral advice during the Black P- Plague. This was another plague, the Black Plague, and then we'll go home. Here's what Martin Luther prayed I shall ask God mercifully to protect us. Then I shall fumigate, help purify the air, administer medicine, and take it. That's good advice. Say, well, I'm a predestinarian. Well, take the medicine. I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order not to become contaminated and thus perchance inflict and pollute others and so cause their death as a result of my negligence. I think you ought to be concerned about, I know some are not here because they have aged parents who have particular health issues and you didn't come today because you're worried about getting the flu and taking it home. If God should wish to take me, Luther said, he will surely find me and I have done what he has expected of me and so I'm not responsible for either my own death or the death of others. If my neighbor needs me, however, I shall not avoid a place or person but will go freely as stated above. See, this is such a God-fearing faith, because it is neither brash nor foolhardily, signed Martin Luther. In other words, do what you know to do. Wash your hands. If the sick need you, you know, if you have a need, you're part of this congregation. If you have a need, let us know. I mean, it's a, a, a real need. And I'm talking about very practical things. <clears throat> Don't shake my hands if you had not washed yours. You know I mean? Let's do the elbow bump. Um, some of our deacons have said to me, or elders have said to me, "Pastor, don't go to the door and shake hands today." And I'm going to bend to that. I'm not exactly sure about that, but um, I want you to know you know, you can bump elbows if you want. Um, I don't want you to live in fear. And, and I do believe this, a good positive attitude of trusting God, a good coming together and singing every praise and raising our hands, a good singing of my chains are gone, I've been set free. Uh, grace. God's marvelous grace, amazing grace. Feel good about things. He's sovereign. He's, he's in charge. And if He's for us, and my, has He not shown He's for us here. There, there is no way, there is just absolutely, every day, I know this, there is no way to meet a seven, eight million dollar budget across the street. There is no way without God to see this church keep functioning. There is no way we're getting three more houses over on Fairgrove Street. There is no way those things happen. unless God. They're miracles, absolute miracles of the grace of God.